0: live on an episode of face liberty in practice i'm sitting down with i keep getting i know your name i can i, I keep forgetting how I pronounce it can you pronounce your name for me real quick yeah sure it's
1: it's brandon harnish
0: brandon i don't know why i keep wanting to say like i, keep, I don't know why i say see i read brandon i know it's brandon but if i go to say it i, I go is it brandon every time so <laughs> i'm live with brandon he's one of us he's one of the county council we're gonna talk about that we're gonna have a lot of fun let me just tweet this link out here gonna get in the chat so before we get into real question, how's the day going? You having a good day?
1: Yeah, yeah. Day's going all right. Uh the wife's out of town. So I've just been roaming around watching Lord of the Rings extended edition and nice. um playing some guitar and just whatever. Just a lazy Saturday. It's raining here in Indiana. So
0: mm-hmm. nice, nice. That's what's up. I know we, had, we did an episode two days ago, but it was kind of rushed and cut short. So I figured I'd, begin with, I'd ask of the same questions the last time, so we can kind of go deeper and elaborate more on what was talked about last time, because it was kind of we were kind of rushed and true for the time constraints. So Right, right. But uh, let's just open up with, um, tell me a little bit about yourself. Who are you? Why are you running? That kind of stuff. Yeah, sure.
1: Uh, well, um, I know, I appreciate you having me on again here, Caleb. Uh, we had a chance to talk for about 20, 25 minutes uh, the other day, and it'll be great to um once just kind of elaborate and, and really be able to have a good a good conversation so um uh, I believe the question was who am I well I'm Brandon Harnish I'm running for county council um in Wells County Indiana we're up in the northeast Indiana region just south of Fort Wayne um I'm two hours northeast of of Indianapolis and um, we can get into sort of why I'm running for county council and all that but um that's just sort of a basic introduction there, Caleb.
0: I don't want to ramble. Yeah. What about you? Now, politically speaking, you are one in ZOP. Your handle says Paleo, um, Paleo Libertarian, Paleo Conservative. Kind of Paleo and Strategy. Let's talk a little bit of an intellectual hi- history here.
1: Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm happy with all three of those. Um, it is the Paleo Strategy, and um, you know, Paleo Libertarian is a label I'm comfortable with. Paleo Conservative. Um, it, it, I would. I would probably not argue with that label all that much either um I'm not real I'm not I don't really like to nitpick over these these ideological labels I'm I'm comfortable with them they're fine I think um at least most libertarians from the Mises Austrian tradition probably understand um what a paleo GOP handle what I'm what I'm getting at when I say that and uh so yeah I joined the Republican Party about 10 months ago I believe it was last June So we're um, around the 10 month mark or so. Um, And I did that uh, because of some local political uh, controversy that was occurring here in the county. We can get into that a little bit more later. But um, yeah, being a member of the GOP, just trying to push my county party in a uh, more paleo libertarian or paleo conservative direction. And a part of that um, isn't necessarily ideological. Um, A part of that is just the ability to govern strongly. Um, you know, I'm not running for counsel um, to sort of, to be a Ron Paul. And, and what I mean by that is, um, to just vote no on everything. That might not be a fair characterization of Ron, but, um,
0: When, when, when you, when you when you're in the federal government that big, that's really all you can do. That's really all you can
1: do. Right. So, uh, so I wasn't trying, I, I didn't mean that as a slight, um, certainly not. He's a, he's a hero of mine. Um, but what that means is to, to function a little bit more like a Ron DeSantis, so you take active steps to protect your people, to protect their freedom, uh, to protect their liberties, and to make your state or your community, your county, um, a freer place to live. And um, when I when I say freer, I, uh, some people may, well, what does that mean, right? Does that mean drag queen story hour at the library?
0: Uh, no, no, it does not. <laughs> yeah, good, good to know. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me, that so I know I have to last time but this is for people who might be listening and tuning in for this one because they're gonna see two and see the longer one This in for the longer one probably. So why DOP? You know, why not Libertarian Party? Why not Mises Caucus? Why go the DOP route? Sure, sure. So
1: I I mean I I was interested in the, the Mises caucus about a year and a half ago. Um I but the the, the, the real quick answer is that you know Based on what happened here in the count on the county level, uh, we we had a um, I mean, okay. I'm I'm seeing the uh, the chat here. It means removing the buns from the public library. Yes, actually it does. <laughs> and uh, you know if the public library tries to throw a um, um, I'm not comfortable with a a public library, a tax funded library, um, promoting progressive causes. And if our public library tries to pull a Pride Month celebration, I'm going to have a problem with that um be it as it may so why the GOP right okay so in my county um there is you know almost no Democrat party um in fact in our race for governor in 2020 um, there were three candidates um Eric Holcomb the Republican Woody Myers the libertarian excuse me the Democrat Woody Myers and Donald Rainwater the Libertarian and Donald Rainwater actually finished second Mm -hmm. Um, i believe he got 20 percent of the vote um woody myers got approximately 13 or 14 percent of the vote and then the republican received 66 percent of the vote uh, which was actually a low number uh, for our county probably if he was a good republican he probably would have gotten closer to 80 75 percent um so there there really was no option here i mean the the state libertarian party reached out to me to see if i would like to um uh, sort of take up the lp banner again i started our county libertarian party uh when i was 18 17 18 years old back in 2004 and um <clears throat> i just had no interest in it um, and, and it really just comes down to why do you get involved in politics caleb i'm, I'm you, you get involved to be effective Um, you know, if I, if I want to be right, I can do that in the privacy of my own home. Um, you can do that on Twitter. A lot of people are right on Twitter all the time. Uh, but if you want to be effective, if you actually want to make your county, your state a freer place in Indiana, you know, I'm not going to speak too broadly here, Mm -hmm. but in Indiana, you have to do that
0: through the Republican party. Absolutely. Let's see. Um, so, what made you do it run to line? I know we kind of covered the story a little bit, but let's go deeper into it. what was what caused you to actually run to line. What was the story with the um? I forgot the title of the tax lady, but yeah, yeah, the
1: tax assessor.
0: Assessor, that's
1: right. it. So, so just a real quick primer on this, and I'll sort of start from the end. And I'll say this much that they were trying to effectively um, levy a backdoor income tax on our property. All right. So, as I explain this, just keep that in mind that what they were trying to do was backdoor income tax you could call it a wealth tax a double tax um or a triple tax in some cases um you call it a value added tax And, and here's what i mean by that so in the state of indiana um you've got a a market value system for property taxation and what that means is they they look at the market and they say you know if you've got a house in a subdivision caleb um and they're going to assess your home value to determine your property tax um, assessment, right? You're going to pay a percentage of that value um, and that percentage can fluctuate. But that's usually based on uh, that's a council decision. That's not a um, an assessing decision. The assessor determines the value of your property. And <clears throat> so if you have a home, let's say it's a, you're, you're living in a subdivision of 100 homes. What they typically do is they look around and say, OK, what home sold this past year and did they sell for a little more? Did they sell for a little less? It, it, and they, they, they trend other. They trend your home value based on these other home sales. Right. Does that make sense? And then Absolutely. that helps them arrive at an opinion of value. Right. So that's generally the way it works. If you have a rental property, they can look at your income. Right. So they can say, well, you know, you have this know this home but we're going to we're going to use an income approach to determine the valuation because if you were to sell that home as a as an income generating asset the, the price would re, would the, the sales price the value of that would be determined by the income you can generate from that property and then they can also use construction costs so if you build a new home they say well you know what would you build it for and that can get you a pretty good approximation of what it would sell for in the market. Because if somebody could build a home for you know, $200,000, somebody's probably not going to come along and buy the home for $300,000 if they can just go get land and then buy an, a, a similar home, right? So, uh, or build a similar home, right? So, okay. Um, those are the three approaches. That's why they call it a market value system. Um, what they were doing to us is using sales comparisons on other self-storage facilities around the um, around the Midwest. And in a real nutshell, here uh, the problem with that is that Caleb, if you go buy a self-storage facility, I assume you're familiar with what self-storage facilities are. Okay, mm-hmm. I'll do um, one today. <laughs> okay, okay. If you go buy one, it's you're going to buy that storage facility for significantly more then what it would cost to build it other things being equal right so if you were going to build a similar storage facility with similar parts similar materials you know it would it would cost a lot less than it would cost a lot less to build than you would sell it for in the market because in the market it's a full storage facility it's generating revenue they have employees they have a brand it's a proven business and so we were requesting a cost of construction approach. Well, they wanted to use these sales comparisons. Yeah. And we're saying, wait a minute, you know, we, we look at the numbers and they're charging us twice what it actually cost to build these things. And we're, we're how are they coming up with this? Right. Like historically adjusted for inflation, the real value, real numbers. We built these things for between 14 and 19 dollars a square foot. And they were tra- trying to charge us over $30 a square foot on these buildings. And <clears throat> when you, we asked them, like, you know, are you, you're looking at these sales comparisons on other storage facilities? Are you reducing, you know, the value for the business that's taking place at the facility You know, the storage units don't rent themselves. We don't own our customers. So we shouldn't pay property taxes on our customers. Uh, they're not my they're not our slaves and uh, they would essentially just beg the question. They would say, well, this is the market value of the facility. and I said, no, it's the mar- market value of what? Of of the of the buildings in the property or of the business. So in addition to the building, to the property, so they would just talk in circles. They really didn't know how to respond to that and. Um, so, again, just trying to move this along, um, we did get a, we got the state law changed. Um, <laughs> we really went all out and we declared war on the assessor. We really did. And it was a, it was a part time job for me to fight this battle. And I worked with my my state representative and my state senator and we got we got it done. And um, we were fortunate there. Were, we worked with the Self Storage Association. So there is a business association that um, works to promote owner interests, uh, on issues like this. And, um, and they were an important player here. And so that, that really kind of was what th- pushed me into politics. Um, it, it, when they come for your bank account, when they come for your money, then they, they try to, you know, make it harder for you to put food on the table, make it harder for you to provide for your family and harder for you to run your business. When they go after your money that's the last straw that at least it was for me and uh so i joined the party uh really to put pressure on her to put pressure on my my um my uh my state rep and my state senator uh i attended the county breakfasts every month um went to fundraisers went to party events and just sort of weaseled my way in and um it went really well uh, i was i was embraced people um most people tend to to like me um Obviously, when you're in this game, you're going to make enemies, and I've made enemies of the assessors, and uh, that's okay. Uh, that's that's a it's a good it's a good place to be. I don't mind making an enemy out of a tax collector.
0: <laughs> so um,
1: I think that's probably a, a reasonable rundown. Um, if you have any questions, Caleb, feel free to ask.
0: I don't have any questions specifically about um, about that story, but earlier you mentioned your county is mostly Republican. Is that is that correct? It's mostly. Correct. This seems to be a great example of how uh, a lot of them tend to think all Republicans are the same. And this is a great example of, like, there are distinctions among the Republicans. There are some Republicans that are actually good and some Republicans that are, you know, basically just leftist and keeps closing. Um, oh, yeah. see, is not anything you want to add to the kind of idea that the Republicans, like, the distinction between, or not all Republicans are the same, the distinction between Republicans is people in power are just, I don't know play the question better, but.
1: Yeah, yeah, I actually, I can give you a, you're spot on, Caleb. Absolutely. And I can give you a um, sort of an observation that I made uh, here here in our county, um, our Republican party, I believe you can pretty much divvy it up into four ideological groups. and you have you have your establishment Republicans. These are the folks like um, and, and this may be true of the whole state because um, we don't have a lot of these, but your establishment Republicans, these are the Eric Holcomb Mitt Romney John McCain types uh, they gravitate towards Indianapolis uh, most of them live in Indianapolis um, and uh, and in this they, they do have a lot of power in this state and, and then to the right of those people you have your your Reagan Republicans and um, the, the Reagan Republicans are maybe some of your older tend to be older Republicans, middle-aged, boomer Republicans. Um, they do believe in a strong military. They believe in traditional American values. And, and there's some fertile soil there. Um, you know, they, they, very much, they are very receptive to some of the libertarian criticism of the deep state and of the military-industrial um, complex mm-hmm. and of um, the way the, the military is being woked or wokeified or whatever you call it um they're they're receptive to that uh because of Trump um, mm. Trump really um pushed the party in a I think a good direction um he, he read pelts and boomers that's what he did yeah yeah no that's that's right and and I think he pushed some of those Reagan Republicans a little further to the right and maybe a more populist direction so th- those are the two elements there in the party then you've got another element and these are the the Ron Paul Thomas Massey Rand Paul Republicans and I put myself right in that category, Um, as a, as a paleo libertarian, um, I, I look up to, um, you know, Pat Buchanan is a hero of mine and and some of these other names I've already mentioned, but there, we have a, um, a pretty strong presence in the local party. Mm -hmm. Um, many of us would consider, I don't personally, but many people would call themselves a constitutionalist. Um, I've had some constitutionalists tell me, yeah, taxation is theft. Um, Some county some county commissioners believe that and these are these are people that are are strong uh, at governing. They're they're actually pretty good at ruling and wielding power and then to the right of them. And they may not even be to the right, but they they differ in tactics. So I'm going to summarize here. So you got your establishment Republicans, you've got your Reagan Republicans or maybe your Trump Republicans. then you've got your Rand Paul Thomas Massey Republicans and then you've got what I call the radical right and um they differ from me in terms of tactics and strategy however their um their principles I believe are very similar if not identical to mine to the Rand Paul Thomas Massey types and um when I say they differ in in tactics Um, we could get into some of the, some of the tactics that they use, but we're, so for example, you know, my state representative, my state Senator, they're two extremely moderate Republicans and Mm -hmm. that might be generous. I don't know. I, 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 I can say I'm more conservative. I believe I'm more conservative than they are. I wish that they governed a little bit further to the right. Um, but I'm, I work with them. I can, um, I can be effective working with them the guys on the radical right and the girls on the radical right they're going scorched earth against these guys
0: mm.
1: and it does create for some some very difficult interpersonal relationships and some dynamics here i had a lady um so my my campaign sign if you've seen it it says taxpayers first and i i was talking to a constituent of mine and um you know she she at first she agreed that she that um that i could put my sign in her lawn but then when she drove by my home she saw that I had a sign of one of our incumbent Republicans who helped me with my bill Hmm. in my lawn and she told she sent me a message on Facebook she was polite but she basically said you know I can't have your sign in my lawn if you have this incumbent sign in your lawn Hmm. because the Lord is going to judge me on the on, on on who I support and uh, and i i i said i understand ma'am i said i want to let you know that i will continue to work on in the event that this incumbent wins his primary i will continue to push him right i will work on him um i you know i told you before he's not as conservative as i am he's not as right-wing as i am mm-hmm. but um uh, and and i will continue to fight for your interest as a taxpayer so i tried to handle that as best i could but it was a um, Man, it's contentious. It's contentious, and that's not a disagreement over principle. That's a disagreement over tactics. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you know, a guy that gets a bill passed for me wants me to put a sign in my lawn, and this is a good anti-tax bill. Yeah, and and it opens the door to other bills like it. Um, and this this was this bill directly addressed the um, local problems we were having with the assessor. Hmm. Now. I he asked me to put a sign on my lawn. I'm it doesn't mean I'm going to give him money. It doesn't mean I'm going to vote for him. It doesn't mean that it's I'm. a sign in the
0: yard. Yeah, it's... it's a sign in the yard, right? Yeah. Like,
1: yeah. And it's one guy, um, but they they have in their minds that this guy is a demon. <laughs> and uh, and it and here's something that libertarians do need to know about the Republican Party, and I'm learning this myself. There are a tremendous number of Republicans who are in the party not because they believe in limited government not because they believe in low taxes although they may you know in a, in a very broad or sort of uh, ethereal sense right they, hey, yeah I believe in limited government and all that they're in the party because they hate abortion and that's I, I don't have a problem with people joining the Republican Party because they hate abortion the issue is is that uh, there are a lot of people like that and there are not enough libertarians in the Republican party who understand Austrian economics who understand who have read Thomas Sowell who have read Hayek who've read Rothbard Uh, there there aren't enough Mm -hmm. and so we have given the party up to these um to these anti-abortion activists which again is fine but they don't know anything about econ
0: yeah so the single the single issue voters in power and then ignoring everything else and being probably not great on everything else.
1: Right, right. So you know, we're pissed off as libertarians because the party's not good enough on free market economics. But what are we doing? We're in the Mises caucus in the LP being totally irrelevant. Mm-hmm. So that's a part of my fr and some of that frustration comes out on Twitter for sure. I'm trying to dial it back a little bit.
0: I'm not trying, you know. I'm I mean, not you're, trying- you're on your third account now. You got dialed back a little bit. <laughs>
1: God, I got to dial it
0: back. That's right, Caleb. Well, let me wonder. like, what could be done exactly for these uh, single issue voters or single issue people in power who only care about it a terrible thing that's to be fixed, the How? What is the way to educate or put these people, maybe not even more right, but just educate them on how to be better right wingers? You know, like, what's things that can be done?
1: Well, um, one thing that I did. I don't know if you followed, um, he's had six Twitter accounts. His name's Josiah Lippincott. Did you ever follow him? I I might've, I don't know. Okay. Okay. That's well, he's, he's from Hillsdale. He's in the Republican party and Hillsdale is about two hours North of me, um, in Southern Michigan. It's a college, a very conservative college. And, um, he can I'm sorry. What those exist? (laughs) Um, Hillsdale is one of the few. Um, they're, they're, as far as non Bible schools, there may just be Hillsdale and Grove City as, as really the only two conservative colleges. In, I mean, there may be some Christian universities and whatnot, but many of them have been co opted by the woke.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but to, I'm sorry, to answer your question, Caleb, um, I invited Josiah down to speak at our breakfast, hmm. and he talked about the woke military and the empire. And he delivered a strong Pat Buchanan, Murray Rothbard, America First message, and it got a tremendously positive reception. And so, those are the kinds of things I think. Though Bishop has a um, a
0: Republican roundtable down in the uh, in his um, is it Panama? Yeah, I, th- I think he's in. The, I think he's in the Panhandle. I could be mistaken on that. I, I, the name
1: of the party escapes me. The, the county he's in. Bay um, County. I want to say it's Bay yeah, County. Yeah, it's Bay County. Bay County. I'm sorry about that. Yeah. So, um, so those kinds of educational efforts, are, are sort of on the grassroots level, at your at the county level, um, those are important. But I, I, I think, genuinely, um, changing people's minds, is, is not a matter of argument alone. It, it, it involves building friendships and relationships and being in the party. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that really is what we need libertarians to do. It doesn't have to be all of them, but man, we need more. We need more libertarians who are joining the Republican party and bringing the message of free markets
0: mm-hmm.
1: to the party. And uh, unfortunately, um, well, and this is a part of my frustration with the Mises caucus is that there is, it is a zero sum game. for for every libertarian that joins the Mises caucus and stays in the libertarian party that's one libertarian that is not in the Republican party yeah and then you know next thing we know we turn around and the Republican Party is a bunch of rhinos or you know they don't have any they don't understand free market economics it's like well yeah we spent 50 years trying to build this libertarian party what did you think was going to happen yeah and at some point we have to abandon that And, and I do I I do believe we're at that but but I don't I don't know that I have a great answer for you as far as educating people um I I think what's more important than educating people is just taking power Mm. Uh, just run for office so you don't have to worry about educating people educating people's hard it takes a lot of time it takes a lot of time I just don't have it Mm. it's easier for
0: me to just run makes sense um, when it, I don't when is the elections actually? When when is the when does Indiana hold there? When does the county hold the elections? Like how much how long are you gonna be uh, doing this campaign thing?
1: Yeah, so um the the primary election is on May third, and I'm unopposed. Um, I do have signs out in lawns and whatnot because it's a good time to get your name out there. Um, and then after the primary, of course, November. I'm not sure exactly what day it is, but yeah, the first Tuesday in November um is when the general will be and the Democrats still have an opportunity to um to nominate an opponent uh, against me in the fall and and that 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 deadline is early July or late June uh, not entirely positive on the date on that deadline either uh but but I've just finished my um my primary uh fundraising season and uh, we raised seven thousand six hundred and twelve dollars nice and it was uh it was a really really successful effort uh that that was across 60 donors so we had a lot of small donors but we had some some sizable donors as well um i think i wound up getting about um like i said about 60 donations and i think nine or ten of those were 500 donors and um so really great phil bishop donated um another fella I'm gonna look his name up because I do want to give him a shout out um I believe his name is Brent um I didn't even know the guy and he he sent me a really nice donation um on Twitter and uh just bear with me here as I no problem try to find it <clears throat> yeah uh, oh Brett Brett Lindell
0: oh I know I know of that guy yeah he's um He's a business guy down here, down Florida, at Law So, yeah, man. He's, he, he's not, I don't want to violate
1: confidence, so I'm not going to say how much money he sent, but he sent a shocking amount of money for a county council candidate that he's never met in a state that he doesn't live in, a county where he doesn't live. i was like, holy cow! So, I was really blown away by some of that 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 paleo Republican support
0: that I received. I truly. That's- that's an interesting thing, though, like the fact that um, you're running in a local county election, and because of your Twitter your presence and what you're doing in Twitter and how Twitter, how how interconnected uh, Libertarian and paleo Twitter stuff is, it's all everyone's supporting each other kind of thing, you know? Like yeah, you, yeah. Want Lexus, you want to get lectures, you want to get folks, you want to get people to come down, just using Twitter to pop proper to meet great smart people to help you out with things. It's really, like, people say, everything has, like, grassroots movements exist, but like you're, you're grassroots, you have access to, you know, the rest of the country of people. Help you were saying. So that's just a really interesting development. People like small town, small time political runnings affected by, you know, everyone on Twitter. That's yeah, that's cool. right. And,
1: and you know, I had a ton of like ten, five, and $10 donations from Twitter. I'm like, that stuff adds up mm-hmm. and people think, ah, I'm not even going to do it. Somebody else will. But you know, when somebody donates, um, you know, it makes a big difference to me. It's really encouraging. I notice it. I, I mm-hmm. do a shout out. Uh, I try not to, um, you know dox people by shouting them out I, I did that twice and Ew. um and in yeah. fact in fact uh, Andrew from popular Liberty I inadvertently doxed him and uh and he sent me a message he's like hey d- delete this I, I thought Andrew I didn't know you were
0: trying to be um anonymous anonymous <laughs> I, I, I I learned yeah. my lesson. I, yeah, it's it's some people on Twitter, like, the semi-anonymous. Like, the first thing is public, their faces on the purposes of the family, but they keep the last thing private. And it's like I, the semi-anonymous people are the weirdest ones to interact with because you don't know. Like, is that a fake name? You know, from,
1: from now on, I just use the Twitter handle, and I, I try not to, Yeah, you know, I, I try not to violate privacy that way. That was yeah. a rookie mistake. Uh, yeah, but but you, you mentioned all the grassroots support, Caleb, and that that's spot on. And boy, isn't it a breath of fresh air that instead of arguing with each other all the time, you know, in this, in this particular instance, we're actually building towards something. And I'm sure that's what, I mean, I, I, again, I'm not trying to, to throw shade. So, you know, that's gotta be a part of what makes the Mises caucus so attractive. It's like, holy cow, we're actually doing something for once. Mm -hmm. And and so, and I don't, so I don't want to just be over here, you know, throwing darts at people or whatever I don't know what the the idiom is but I don't want to just be an ass um so because I know the feeling like all right finally we're we're, we've been we have all the ideas um you know we've debated we've read we've written you know we've done our work um but now I'm 35 I'm gonna be 36 in a couple of weeks here and I think it's time for action you know I spend most of my life reading books and and thinking um so now it's time to do something and I'm looking forward to it I mean once I'm on Council I, I intend to um really pull back the curtain for my Twitter followers if, if I'm still on Twitter who knows how many accounts I'll have by then but um you know I, I really want to pull back the curtain and help people understand um like here's how to be effective on a county level because you know most of us understand like hey if we want to run for office if you know if I were running for Congress I would know exactly what I want to do mm-hmm. when you're running for county office. That's a, little, that's a little more tricky. Yeah, because at the end of the day, you can't just vote no on everything because, you know. you got to run the county mm-hmm. like, unless you can privatize. You know, various um, services that the county provides, which in many and for a rural community like mine is probably not an option. Um, I mean, we we have trouble finding garbage pickups. I think we had one bidder at the city level this year. And um, and so, you know, the privatization model, just especially when you have a financial system like we do and, and a monetary system like we do with, with that drains and pulls resources away from rural communities, mm-hmm. the, the, the local government can actually be an institution that keeps resources in the county. And, and that's a that's a difficult pill for me to swallow. So you know, like, if you've got just for example, you know, with tax abatements and and tax incentives and things like this, you know, it, it's not black or white uh, because the last thing I want to do is um, is put my county and my city in a position where I'm following principle and I'm destroying the county
0: while I do it. Yeah, and I'm not going to do that. Yeah, well, that's, that's good to hear. That's it's good to hear, because um, I'm ignorant on local pol- local political since uh positions. What does, what exactly is a county council and what did they what are they responsible for? What is like, what's like, explain me like on five, what is a county council position? Yeah, great question.
1: So let me, let me start by telling you what a county commissioner is. Mm. And a county commissioner is basically like a mayor for the county. Mm. And in our county, uh, we have three of them. Uh, it's a little odd because typically, you know, your executive position, the, the commission is an executive branch uh, of government. And um, typically you only have one elected official in an executive branch the president the governor the mayor but the county commission has three and they basically steer the ship they decide what direction the county is going to more or less go in when it comes to major projects resolutions ordinances and things like that um the county council controls the purse strings so it's it's a lot like the, the executive branch in um in dc and the congress you know the, the president can't spend money at the end of the day and um that's what the council does and i've got good relationships with um with my commissioners and um you know co- communication and coordination is important between the commission and the council um, <clears throat> but um you know it doesn't mean you're going to be a rubber stamp and, and so th- in a nutshell that's it's essentially what they, that those are the sort of uh, the division of powers, um, but both arms of the county also do a lot of board appointments. And this is where libertarians should really take an interest, right? Because if there's a libertarian party in your county, this is what you should do. And I'm going to tell you what my plan is. Um, when it comes to appointing board members, you we appoint board members to the property tax assessment board of appeals. We appoint, appoint board members to the library board, to the um, to the health board and to a variety of other boards. I've got the list somewhere. I'm, I'm not exactly sure what other boards there are. Um, drainage boards, sewer, all kinds of boards and stuff. I want to appoint libertarians to those boards because there are rules that board appointees have to be bipartisan. I'm not going to vote for a single Democrat to be on any board I'll vote for Republicans and I'll vote for libertarians and I've already reached out to the libertarian party chair in my county say hey get your list ready get your people together I'm telling you now because when those board appointments come up when I'm in office I need to be ahead of the game we can't be scrambling we need to have them ready to go so start recruiting people now
0: and that's a it. wonderful strategy yeah a bunch of opponents in the county. Just the only people uh, involved are libertarians and republicans. Yeah, like, yeah. God, that so sounds beautiful. It,
1: it, it, we've already started too. Um, there, there was a a local Nazi, health Nazi, um, that got my the, the the barbecue joint next to me shut down for violating the mask mandate. Ugh. Shut it down. And um, we. Behind the scenes, uh, effectively declared war on this guy. I wasn't as involved because I was fighting my battle with the assessor.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, But a few months ago, when the new board appointments were coming up, um, we got a, a libertarian doctor appointed to the board. And this one corrupt health official, we kicked him off and they came back there was there some establishment republicans and this board member came back and said well you can't appoint this other fellow this doctor because he's a republican it's got to be bipartisan <laughs> and <it's> like ah <laughs> <laughs> he's, not. he's a libertarian and they awesome they were awesome. furious they were demanding <laughs> documentation that he was a libertarian they wanted the libertarian party to, to sign off and prove it and they did, yeah, we did. I think we it is- um, libertarians p- approved it, and and so I'm gonna, I'm
0: gonna have to clip that entire bit for a separate like this is so on my account. I like, mean <laughs> that is an absolutely amazing. Like that is, I love yeah. that so much. <laughs> yeah, and
1: we've done this on the Peta boa as well. Um, now we didn't have to use the libertarian thing, but we've got a very libertarian minded guy. I say the Peter Boat, the Property Tax Assessment Board of Appeals.
0: Mm. We've got a very
1: libertarian minded guy, um, a real Ron DeSantis kind of Republican who's not afraid to take action. And he's got a lot of libertarian sentiment and um, he will deliver um, favorable tax assessments fair. Um, I mean, this isn't a corrupt game or anything like that, but he's not going to rubber stamp the assessor is the point. You have to have you have to give taxpayers a fair chance to win, in that effectively what is a court, um, and so we've done that with the property tax assessment board of appeals. We call it the Peta Boa, and um, we're just stacking the deck against um, our enemies. Is really the is really the point here? So yeah, no. The, whether it's libertarian or Republican, you can you put the right people in the right positions,
0: man. You can change a county real quick. Absolutely, well. Earlier, you, you talked. You mentioned uh, you don't have a lot of bids for like um, trash things like that. You—it's you a very rural community, very rural county. You don't have a lot of like privatization bids. That's an interesting point about um, a lot of libertarians answer to everything is privatization. But well, when you live in a rural area, you don't have a lot of actual market uh, activity in the area. You, you kind of have to rely on government systems like this. It's, 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 um, I mean, a lot of libertarians think about a lot of libertarians. Just want to part of that, they don't really think rurally about how these areas are going to have to deal with that. Um, I really don't have any question about that, but is there any any example more that boys can give about like a rural community like that? How that kind of works uh, locally?
1: Um, So, if I if I'm understanding your question here, really, what we what we face here, at least on the city on the city level, this was a trash pickups a city issue. least I believe it is I <laughs> there's so much to learn uh, so yeah. so I at least in this case it was a it was a city issue because um because I live in the city limits um and one of our bidders dropped off and so we wound up having to go with the one company that was going to give us a bid and they wanted to do every other week recycling pickup like every other week recycling how am I supposed to keep track of which week I'm on like oh I'm on week A I'm not going to remember that I don't don't write it down so I just don't recycle anymore but recycling was nice because it just basically allowed you to put more trash in your trash can right and that's that's the whole point of recycling um so now you know I I share a dumpster with that barbecue joint and I give him a break on storage rent um but to kind of circle back to your point here about privatization and you know it's it it really is a matter of um you you know on the county level you just have to accept the fact that you're going to be a minarchist Uh, unless unless you can really um blaze a new trail um when it comes to privatization and providing services for a lower cost and, and you're getting better quality um you may just have to be a govern as a minarchist and and that's okay I mean yeah like we I, I'd rather have minarchists in power than progressives Absolutely. and you know, this is this is not a, a philosophy classroom here if you have to govern as a minarchist fine do it I'm okay with that um <clears throat> and uh, and that's 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 kind of the but that's kind of the conundrum and then I mentioned earlier um, you know our financial and monetary systems really just strip mine rural communities of resources. And you you drive around, um, so you know we I live in the county seat, so the courthouse is just two minutes away from me. Um, but you drive around to small communities on the outskirts of uh, of Bluffton where I live, and um, there are a lot a lot of communities where you know they don't even have a post office anymore. Right. The, the post office building's still there, but it's been closed for forty years, or thirty years, or twenty years, or whatever.
0: Yeah, I've seen places like that. I'm a survey, and I go to a lot of like <laughs> far out uh, outskirts of, of counties, and I see stuff uh, like oh, that. The post office, the fire department, and it's unmanned and no one's there because there's no way to pay for it. Right. And and this is a, di-
1: you know, I believe this is a direct result of you know inflation in our in our monetary system. Mm-hmm. Um, don't ask me to deliver a paper on it, but. Uh, <laughs> that's that's what it seems like and um and so understanding the role of the county government like when it when it comes to like internal improvement projects whether it's like improving the downtown or you know sidewalks or some or parks or something like this you know I'm not you know in a vacuum I'm not in favor of those projects however if it requires um, county spending to attract, um, development because you have to fight again, you're constantly having to fight against the fact that all of these resources are flowing towards mega cities or, or more urban environments. Uh, that may just be a bitter pill you have to swallow. Okay. And I'm not, I'm not saying that that's what it's going to be. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am, that is on my radar. So it's something I'm just going to have to contend with. Um, you know, it's it's not easy. It really isn't. Um, I I don't have. I, I wish I I wish I had a great answer on that. Um, tax abat- there isn't
0: always great answers.
1: Right, right. Tax abatements are something. I'm not really comfortable with. You um, know, you know, if if, a, if an industry comes in and you know they're going to tear down an old factory and put up a a a nice area like okay I could I could see a tax abatement but but if you're just coming in and you're putting in solar panels or some crap like that like no you're already getting all this money from the feds why why should you get a, a break to come in and then pollute you know essentially what pollute our landscape and um for this junk energy so those are some of the those are some of the issues, the tricky issues that you can run into as a as a county council person.
0: Hmm. I'm so sure, cuz I know I am a lot of people are listening to this, a lot of people who are paleos uh, a lot of paleos all want to get involved locally. They want to you know, maybe maybe not, not even one for office, but they want to get involved locally, yeah. go to meetings. What kind of what advice do you give to someone who is a libertarian or paleo guy watching this and wants to okay, no, I'm going to go to my 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 County breakfast. I want to go to, I want to run for office. Like, What kind of advice do you give someone who's like really looking and really discerning whether they should do this or not?
1: Well, yeah, I'm glad you asked this question, Kayla. This is a really great question. And I, I'm glad you prefaced it by saying, you know, they may not want to run for office and that's, that's exactly right. Running for office is not for everybody. And it's, and, and for the people for whom it is the right thing, it may not be the right thing now, or you may just do one term and then you move on. So, so there's, you know, I don't want to be black and white here. I want to, this is a, this is a big tent. It's a big problem. And we need as many libertarians as we can, even if that's just going to the County breakfast or going to the fundraisers or, you know, going and being an observer in your city or your County council, those things all matter. Um, and, and, and having a Twitter account that, that sort of disperses this information that matters too. Um, so, you know, it's, it takes it takes you know all hands on deck right so what i would recommend it is probably it's going to vary you're just going to have to sort of use some discernment use your instinct on this to some degree but what i did is when when i was having a problem with this assessor i scheduled a meeting with my county chairman for coffee we got together we talked we actually got along really well we're about the same age he might be like a year or two younger than me and um you know it, it went so well that um we decided um, we sort of moved the the coffee conversation over to the bar because he was meeting a guy from americans for prosperity and Amer- afp or americans for prosperity is a, is a libertarian-minded coke brothers um enterprise um out of fort wayne which is about 30 minutes north of me and um but, you know now Our local Republican Party has connections with AFP. They've got connections with me, a paleo libertarian. And, um, you know, there's a lot of libertarian influence in the Republican Party, at least in our Republican Party. And and, and those are those are critical elements here. But but to sort of come back to this, um, we we carried the conversation over to the bar. All three of us got together. We had a great talk and then I, I started attending the county breakfasts regularly every month and and there is a um there's a line you've probably heard it in the lp it's it's true in the gop um, decisions are made by those who show up and that's that's what libertarians need to offer or need to understand and i, and I think that's what libertarians need to really get involved with here is you need to show up and, you know for me it, it can be one saturday morning a month if you go to the breakfast consistently on the county level, that means a lot. It really does, Caleb. You don't this does not have to be a part-time job. You can be involved. You can just spend one Saturday a month making sure. and I don't know, you know everybody has kind of a different every county party has a different tradition. For ours, it's the it's the Saturday morning breakfast, right? There's other people, other counties who do it a little differently. Um, but go to fundraisers find candidates you support build relationships in the party i mean that have fun make friends i mean at the end of the day it, if you want to stick with it you don't want to get burnt out you got to make friends you got to build relationships and it's it's got to have some kind of you got to have some kind of enjoyment in the process mm. otherwise you're just going to flame out and we can't have that you know we need people that are going to be there for the long haul it doesn't mean you're going to have to I mean you're going to have seasons of your life where you're hit you're you know you're running for office you're knocking on doors you're fundraising you're putting signs out and all that and then you're going to have seasons of your life in the party where you're just going to breakfast once a month you know both are fine but you got to get involved you really do and I, I it's I can't believe I'm saying this because I I mean I hear myself saying this, but you know i historically I've been a an abstentionist if that's a, if that's a word but you get you catch my drift here right I've just i don't want anything to do with this corrupt system the state is my enemy i want nothing to do with it but what i've what i have come to believe is that while this yes the state is the enemy it's not my only enemy or maybe maybe i should put it this way it, it's not it's not the fundamental enemy my, my real fundamental enemy are the people who would use the state to hurt me and my people okay? and those are the wokes those are the progressives those are the rhinos all right those are my enemy if if i had a a, if i had a u.s government that was full of ron paul's and pat buchanan's and thomas massey's i can i can live with that right i'm not a utopian here all right so that would i would not consider that my enemy but what it when it's a when it's a a local government with a rhino assessor who wants who thinks she just needs to go find money or it's you know. A state government with a governor who wants to lock people down and put masks on kids he just vetoed a a transgender sports bill that would ban men from competing in women's sports those those are my enemies and uh, it's a it's a little bit different perspective um but i i do think it's useful and it's practical it's pragmatic And I don't think that's something we should we should just um, dismiss as pragmatism. I think we have to recognize that, Caleb, there are people who will use the state to crush us. And they want to do that. They want to take your kids. They want to take your wealth. They want to take your land. And you have to decide. and, And I'm using the universal you here. I have to decide, too am i going to practice principled abstention in the face of that or am i going you know and i think i used this metaphor in in our last chat you know am i going to pick up the sword right if somebody's coming after me you know i can practice self defense and i don't have to show mercy when i do it mm-hmm. And that, that's really the approach right now, Kayla. What are your thoughts on that? I, I would – I mean I've been answering a lot of questions, but I, I'd turn that back to you. Where are you on this invo- how, political
0: involvement question? Uh, I'm on 100% agreement. I uh, understand the state has a, a, a constant I – mean, how about this? Going from the state is a eternal sweat to understand the state is a constant tool that is being used to oppress you. and understand that it's simply a gun that can be wielded by anyone is a, a level of maturity a lot of libertarians eventually go through until then they go through it too late, um, and it, it's really it's a level of like okay the state's going to be around in my I'm, the states unless major collapse happens the state's going to be around in my lifetime. I'd rather it, you know. I think Dave Smith had the quote, like, we're going to have public schools. I brother, they teach two plus two is four, not two plus two is racist. That's my view on all of government. I, if we're going to have it, I don't want it to hate me. It's that simple.
1: I, li- I like that because the, the state is a tool, right? And when we talk about anarchism, I correct me if I'm wrong, but it doesn't seem like we're all that much different from people who just say, well, we should ban guns. It's like, well, but they're out there. Yeah. So what are you going to do about it? All right? Yeah. You, you want to make sure that the good people are equipped to defend themselves from the bad people. All right. Mm-hmm. And I don't, you know, and if I'm, this is sort of a, a thought exercise here. So if somebody wants to chime in, they're welcome to, but I don't see the state as being fundamentally different from that. Absolutely. The state is a, is a dangerous weapon. Mm-hmm. And um, it, you know, if, if it didn't have nasty people in it mm-hmm. trying to destroy us, I mean, it, if you had a st- a government full of Murray Rothbard's, it would be harmless. Yeah. All right. It, it there, there might be like a a user fee on gas to pave roads, maybe mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it, in areas maybe. where you can't privatize it. Right. Yeah, like absolutely. That's the difference. That's the that's a tool.
0: Mm-hmm. The, the problem is libertarians view the state as one gigantic gun that can get wet of instead of thousands of little guns all aimed at each other. They you know, view it as, as a, one gigantic gun. So, yeah, they view just say as one gigantic organ, one gigantic gun. And in reality, it's multiple counties, multiple districts, multiple local governments. Right, They're right. all against it's multiple guns. They view it as one gigantic You get rid of one gun. That's easy. Getting rid of all these guns, you can't do. And these guns all have authority and power and two, there are tools that can be used. Yeah, I mean, who do you want to have the
1: gun? Do you do you, do you want your, you know, do you want the, the robber to have the gun? <laughs> or do you want a, a citizen hero who's going to shoot the robber to have the gun, because somebody's going to have the gun. Yeah. Okay. And and like I don't is anarchism the gun free school zone of libertarianism? I don't know.
0: <laughs> I, there, there's something like somebody else said this about something else. What what's the line? I think it was uh, Ace Hawkins said. Yeah. Ace said the Second Amendment is the gun free gun free zone sign for conservatives. They well, it op- up, like I have my sign. <laughs> The Constitution is the
1: gun-free zone for conservatives. Mm-hmm. I think that's what he said. Yeah. And I think anarchism is the gun-free zone for libertarians because it's going to exist.
0: Yeah. We, we can't wish it away. Yeah, absolutely. <sighs> you one, running out of time, sadly. Yeah. Uh, if you could, I have two more questions before we wrap this up. Mm-hmm. One, uh, you mentioned some great people from Pat Buchanan, Mary Ross, Juan Paul, you seem like you've read some books. Uh, you mentioned you read books all your life. What is a book like? What books do you recommend to somebody? You know, what what, what is a book? What is a, how do I put this? I'm blinking on a term here. What is a what is it fuck? <laughs> my brain is blinking right now, and I can't. Don't feel have to rush it because I'm looking at my bookshelf yeah. right now. What is a book? Give a, give us a book recommendation. There we go.
1: Book the, recommendation today
0: in Florida killed me. <laughs> <laughs> so, I will recommend the book
1: After Virtue by Alistair McIntyre. Mm um i will recommend the book the abolition of man by c.s lewis great book and i'll recommend another lewis book called the magician's nephew um is is that the first Nadia or it's a prequel Prequel, yeah 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 i think the magician's nephew is a prequel so those are the three but but of those three i think after virtue by Alistair mcintyre is is critical reading especially for this day and age um it's not easy uh but once you get the hang of it, it it starts to flow um but i do i do think that book explains a lot of the world around us right now mm. wonderful i'll write that down okay and last question give your plugs where can people find you at sure sure so i'm paleo GOP on twitter for now until i get banned again <laughs> um uh and i think the plugs i'm going to try to do better this time than i did last time so i'll plug will fight um He just got, he was a big part of getting constitutional carry passed in Indiana, so I would like to thank him for that and tell you to go find him on Twitter. I'll plug the bishop, of course, Brett Lindell. Um, I do believe Brett Lindell's Twitter handle is Brett Lindell, um, and I think his name might be like Florida Man or something like that. I'm not sure, and so those those are the three I'll plug at this point. Um, I'm sure there are others I could give a shout out to, um,
0: but that's pretty much what i have for now wonderful well uh everyone thanks for listening well, thanks for coming on this is a this is a lot of fun i really enjoyed it i especially enjoyed the story about the um the, lib- the liberal doctor guy upset that you got a libertarian instead of a republican <laughs> that, that really uh really was the highlight of the episode for me that was a lot of fun <laughs> um well guys it's been an episode of face liberty in praxis um get out and vote Oh, I, I couldn't find a video clip to play I'm going to say it again, get out and vote